Yo, Toy, you there? Yes, I finally got in. <laughs> finally. <laughs> okay, what's up, boss gang? You already know what time it is. It's your girl, Tanisha Bynum, checking in with you guys on Queen Talk. This is season two, episode four. And today I got my favorite nurse, Bay, in the building. Well, not in the building because we virtual, but you, you know what I mean. I got my favorite <laughs> nurse bay on here, y'all, and we are about to talk about nurse talk. I feel so happy to have Miss Toy here, you guys. Like, it's so crazy because we've been cool for a while, but I can't never think of a time we actually hung out. I know, girl. We got, I'm going to have to come down. I'm gonna, I have to come down. You're going to have to come. You be doing all that traveling. Yeah, you can come to little old temple. Yeah, I got to come. I got to come soon. I got to come soon. Right. But anyways, you guys, like I was saying, yes, me and Toy have been cool for a long time. I got like the utmost respect for Bae. She be doing her nurse thing, y'all. She be traveling. She is black girl magic. So I invited her here to talk to all my other babes who want to talk about nursing, you know, the CNAs who got dreams, the medical assistants, everybody who want to talk nurse talk. I got the nurse for you guys. Say hey to everybody, Toy. Hey, boss gang. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you ready? Yes, I am ready. Let's get into it. So, the first question I feel like is only right. Go ahead and tell the people your nursing credential, Nurse Star. All right. So, I am Toy. I go by Toy. Real nice Latoya. But I go by Toy. So, you can call me Toy. Toy is fine. Um, So, I am a registered nurse. I have been for a little bit over three years. Um, I do have my bachelor's of science in nursing. Um, I obtained it probably like a year after I had been into the nursing field. Um, Currently, I am working on my master's right now to become a nurse practitioner. I really don't talk about it much because, you know, people aren't always as happy as they seem for you. So I kind of, you know, just pushed it on the back burner. And, you know, just kind of doing that in private, you know, when the, when the time is right, you know, I'll pop out with my degree, but, you know, you like for the most part. Pop out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but that, those are my credentials. Um, my nursing background is in critical care, um, have been in critical care for the past three years. I thoroughly enjoy critical care because um, it actually I actually get to use my nursing knowledge to figure out like what is actually going on with my patients. Um, I feel like in other roles you don't use as much knowledge that you learn in nursing school, but critical care you definitely have to think and use knowledge. So that's that's my credentials. I don't want to just take over. <laughs> you are not but... taking over. You are doing your thing as you're supposed to. Okay, so those your credentials. You are a RN and a BSN. That's major black girl stuff. Okay, so you already kind of started telling us about like your favorite parts of your career. You say you work in the critical care unit. So like, what do you do in a critical care unit exactly? And like, what are the joys of that for you? 
Okay, so critical care unit, basically, this is when your patients are at their absolute worst. I mean, they're literally on the edge of death. And your job in the ICU or any critical care setting is to help that patient revert back to, um, like, stability, like hemodynamics, which is like blood pressure, heart rate, uh, respiratory rate, oxygen saturation, those are things that you try to get stabilized for your patients so that they can have a great outcome. Um, so most of the time, I think in like critical care, we do like a lot of ventilators. That's just kind of like quote unquote, uh, layman's term life support. Um, so we do have people that are on ventilators. We have people that are on continuous dialysis machines um those just filter the blood out of all filter the blood and filters out all the toxins in the blood and kind of helps stabilize the patient um we do use drugs such as vasopressors which those drugs actually increase like blood pressure so if your patient has a low blood pressure some of the vasopressors can increase heart rate if your patient has a low heart rate um, we do a lot of drains, chest tubes, um, feeding tubes. We do like a variety of a lot of things. Um, just depends on which critical care you actually work in. Um, so say, for instance, if you work in cardiovascular ICU, um, you probably have a lot of chest tubes, a lot of swans, which are... Um, or invasive line where they can measure like wedge pressure, which is in the heart, the pulmonary artery. Um, and it also can measure like your core temperature of your body and just like um, your fluid status. It measures like your cardiac output, your, your systemic vascular output. It measures a whole lot of things. Um, so, so basically, you save lives for a living. <laughs> it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely saving lives. Like it's so intense. Like I don't know. Like you really have to think. Like you really have to think. And if you're not good at like using knowledge to like process everything together, you will be overwhelmed. So it's not for everybody, <laughs> baby. I'm overwhelmed just listening to you. <laughs> It's not for everybody, but those that love it, love it. And those that don't, they figure out other things to do. So but like, I really, really love it. What do you love about it? Like, what makes you love it? Because I would just feel like, I love oh my God, the I intensity like of it. It gives me like an adrenaline rush. I like problem solving. That's the thing. So if my patient comes in and nobody knows what's wrong, you know, 98% of the time, the nurses are always at the bedside. The physicians, they come in and out, but nurses are always at the bedside. Um, so I like to, you know, get my patient, especially a critically ill patient, I like to get my patient, be able to stabilize them and, you know, just continue to take care of their patient. And when they come out on the other side with a positive outcome, like that, that makes me happy. Just being able to be good. there and take care of them when they're at their worst and help them get better so they can get back to their best that they can be. Right. Um, I can only imagine how how rewarding that it is. It is so rewarding, but it's also like sad as well because you have to look at the other side of like critical care too. Like everybody doesn't make it out of critical care, you know? 
And right. sometimes, like, if you've had that patient for, like, say, we work 12-hour shifts, say we work three to four days a week. If you consistently had that patient every week and then pass or they don't make it out, like, that, that it bothers me. Like, sometimes I still take work home, but, mm-hmm. like, especially when I get close to a patient, but, like, it's hard. Like, you you know, you got family there. They're crying. They're upset. You know, of course, because, I mean, it's human. Right. But, you know, we, you just Nobody's have to mentally prepare yourself for that. So, because everybody's not going to make it out. You can't save everybody. And you have to get that in your head. Like, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, we always think, like, you know, what could I do different? What could I have done? You know, what could the doctors have done? But in reality, once you've done everything that you can do, it's nothing else that can be done. It's just, it's what happens. Right. It's a natural course. I was definitely going to say, what do you feel like the negative parts of it? I definitely feel, I can see that being the negative side of <laughs> that it. That is right? definitely a negative. Or, and other negatives that I would say is when you have a critically ill patient, um, you've been with them all day, like you know exactly like what's going on with them. And you're trying to advocate for your patient, advocate you know, telling the doctors, hey, I need this, I need that, and they don't give it to you. And then the patient has a sentinel event or, like, uh, an adverse outcome, and you're like, well, you know, if the doctors would have listened to me, then Mm -hmm. maybe the outcome would have been different, you know, but we would never know now. Right. So I I don't like that part either. Like, we have to ask the doctors for different stuff, and then depending on where you work, they have residents that are, like, training to be medical you know, medical doctors, and they most of the time don't listen to the nurses because they feel like they know more than we know. But at the end of the day, like I said, nurses are always at the bedside, so we constantly know what's going on with our patients. True, I feel that. So would you say, like, that's a part of the reason why you would like to be a nurse practitioner? Like, does that have something to do with it? Is that a part of your push? Um. Yes and no. Part of my pushes, <laughs> I love bedside nursing, but it is very draining at times. And I feel like I want to be in a role where I can have like a consistent schedule mm-hmm. and I'll be on the other side as far as like giving, you know, giving out orders and stuff like that. I feel like I would like that a lot more because, um, I've actually been in the role of a critical care nurse. So I would know, you know, the thought process behind everything that they're asking for. Some don't listen to you. So I feel like if I was to be in that role and listen to the nurses and listen to their needs or listen to their concerns about the patient, like, I feel like I would have a better understanding than most of like the physicians that they encounter on a day-to-day basis because I've been there before. And I feel like, once you've been in a nursing role and you go up into like a nurse practitioner role or even go back to back to school and do medical doc be a doctor, um, I feel like you're able to take care of the patient better. And that makes sense. Okay, so that just made me think about a question. Where did you start on the medical journey? Like, did you go straight to RN? Did you do LPN? Even though I kind of know this answer, I want you to say it for the people. How did you get where you are now in the medical field? Okay, so basically, I started at Enterprise State Community College. Um, I started out, and originally, nursing wasn't even my major. I started out wanting to do um, aviation technology, working on airplanes. I started those classes first, and I was like, these classes are too easy. I need something that's challenging to me. 
Um, so I was like, you know, I'm thinking, you know, thinking about nursing. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to go to nursing school. So I started like doing all my prerequisites first and then I stopped. I had my son and I started going back to school because, you know, I'm like, you know, I got to find a career. I got to find my niche. I got to find out something because, you know, I got a son now, you know, I got to make sure we straight forever. Right. And in the process of, you know, finishing up my prerequisites, I got pregnant with my daughter. I had my daughter. I knew for sure then, like, okay, I got to plant my feet and I got to finish what I started. So I finally got into, um, I applied for nursing school at uh, LBW and Op. And I didn't get accepted. So I was kind of discouraged. And I was like, you know, I'm not sure why they didn't accept me, but, you know, I'm just going to apply at this other school. So I applied at Wallace and Dothan, and I got accepted. So okay. you know, I'm like, woo, yeah, it's cool, you know. So I started doing that, and then I was having, like, some issues with, like, childcare and stuff. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to drop out. But, no, that didn't happen. I ended up it ended up coming together. I found somebody, you know, to watch my kids while I go to school and while I work because I work. I went to school full-time and I worked full-time at night. So it was days I was getting off work at 2 30, 3 o'clock in the morning and still having to go to school for eight o'clock class. So it was a lot of dedication and I was just like motivated to finish. And let's just say nursing school was not easy, but I made it through. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was gonna ask okay and shout out to you that that's something I'm glad you said that because a lot of people don't take it serious enough like if at first you don't succeed dust yourself off and try again like if you if you tried it there and it didn't work that don't mean it's not for you maybe that place wasn't for you keep right. pushing keep going so like okay you said nursing school was kind of what was nursing school like tell us about nursing school I know the the aspiring nurses want to know, like, what is nursing okay. school like? So, please, don't think nursing school is a breeze. It is not a breeze. Yes, it's hard. Yes, you can do it if you stay focused, motivate, study hard. Um, So, the tests in nursing school are different. You know how we can have, like, history, chemistry, classes like that that are based on knowledge. Mm-hmm. Nursing school is applying the knowledge that you know into like a situational based question. It's like applications. So say, okay, you know, a person with heart failure has like swelling, you know, edema, they could have pulmonary edema, which is fluid in the lungs. But the nursing school you wants you to know that, but you have to apply that knowledge to a situational question. Give us an example, girl, because for us unnursing people, it is a little confused. Okay, so <laughs> say it's a question just asking about, um, just say if it's a question asking about um, fluid, fluid electrolyte balances, um, and it just gives you like a variety of numbers, say your potassium is 6.0, your sodium is one 140 your magnesium is 2.3 and then it just asks like which one of these lab values you will be concerned with you have to know like your lab value range so you will say the potassium one which is six 
because high potassium can lead to heart um, problems like arrhythmias, which is mean your heart's out of whack. Okay, so, and okay, I get that. Okay, so basically what you're saying is like, you really have to pay attention and really use your brain, like really yes. pay attention and, and think and actually learn to, to get yes. to nursing school. Yes, so you actually have to think and then just apply the knowledge that you know to the questions. So basically, if, if you pay attention, you'll be okay. If you pay attention and study, because the teacher can, you know, read out of the book and go over stuff in class, but you literally have to apply what you know to those questions. And I wish I could just pull up some questions and like just give you an like a real good example, but I don't think we have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Your example is good. They get it. Okay, so, like, was it expensive? Like, how did you pay for it? Like, what were the resources available to you? Because I know, like, a lot of people, me, for example, on my entrepreneurial journey, like, my dreams and goals are much bigger than my finances to get me there. And, like, that's the perk that I do like about school, especially nursing school, because there are resources there to help you pay for these things. So, like, what did you use? You know, just talk about the pricing, how you got through that. Okay, so I think, my nursing school altogether is supposed to be like maybe like sixteen thousand dollars um so of course you know they had the federal student a which is the Pell Grant if you qualify you can use Pell Grant um the school I went to did not do student loans so I was didn't do like federal student loans let's put it like that federal student loans they only did like Sally Mae, Navy, and stuff like that, which you don't want to get tied up into those because you'll be literally be paying them while you're dead. Mm -hmm. um, so I used Pell Grant for like all of my prerequisites. Once I got accepted into the actual nursing program, Alabama has a program called WIOA. It's Workforce Something of Alabama. Um, they Once I got accepted, I sh showed them the acceptance letter. They literally paid for my uniforms, my books, and all of my classes. Okay, that's good. I hope a nurse base, I hope y'all caught that one because that's... This that's is in Alabama. Cool. I'm sure um, other states has the same kind of program. You just have to go to your... Um, what is it called? The... I, I was going to say the, Google. <laughs> no, no, no. The, like, the, the... Oh, I can't think of the name of the building. It's like where you the, go and find jobs. Like the go, um, here in Florida, it's called the what is that called? The um, I can't mm, think of the name of it. Workforce. Yeah, it's like that. Like it's like a state building that you go to where you can. They'll help you find like jobs. They'll help you find. They'll they'll help you with like schoolwork. Like you can find anything. They have all kind of types of jobs and stuff that you can find. It's like one of those kind of places. But you just have to ask about um, schooling, school funding. Because they will fund it as long as the funds are there. And it literally paid all of my expenses for nursing school. So my Pell Grant literally went in my pocket every semester. Up until the last semester, I had to use some of my Pell Grant. Okay. But, that's the move. So the Pell Grant helped me out with making sure my kids were straight and, you know, taking care of household expenses and actually paying a babysitter. So right, that kind of stuff matters. Yeah, that does matter. And don't think just because you have kids, you can't go to school. You can. It's plenty of resources out there. Um, 
especially uh with certain income levels too because like I wasn't making like the best money when I was going through nursing school so I had all these resources that I could use um I think WIOA is kind of like income based I'm want to say I'm not really sure but I know that they do help um with schooling if you qualify you um, I think if you get like food resources. stamps Medicaid or anything like that you automatically qualify Use your resources, people. Okay, so, like, I keep hearing you talk about the kids, your beautiful daughter and son. So, like, how how does being a mom work with, like, going to school? Because I'm not necessarily going to school, but, like, yeah, going to school, too. Going to school, working, because I know nursing schedules are, like, crazy hectic. So, like, how do you balance all that out, like, you know? Okay, so just depending on the facility you work at, like, say, like, a nursing home, they do eight-hour shifts, but as far as, like, hospitals, most of them do 12-hour shifts. I think clinics do, like, an eight-to-five, you know, so that's easy if you have school-age kids or even have kids that are of of daycare age, like, that's a good schedule for you to have, like, you can drop them off and pick them up, but as for me, most of my nursing career was spent on night shifts. So I had to find like a trustworthy family member or friend to actually watch my kids overnight. But since they're in school now, um, I, I switched to day shifts. So I work day shift. Um, I work seven to seven, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. I normally will get home probably around about eight o'clock because I do have to give a report to another nurse before I can leave. Um, so it's kind of tough, but I say this. So since I switched to day shift, they go to school during the day. They get out about two thirty. They get home around three. So it's like a little four to five hour window that um, I have to have someone to care for them. So my mom is here. I moved her here with me, so she helps me out a whole lot. Um, so. I do that, and then I have a friend here if my mom has to go to work, because she works nighttime. Um, she will watch my kids for a couple hours until I can get off, so it's kind of like just a little balancing act, but you know, you just have to find out what works for you, because I know daycares around here close like 6.30. So support matters a lot, basically. Yes, you gotta, you have to have a great support system. You can't have your friend or somebody like that be like, yeah, I watch a kid. But then like, the next day, like, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to watch them. Like, you got to have, like, somebody that's consistent, somebody that's going to respect, you know, what you're doing, and somebody that's going to always, you know, have your back, you know, while you're doing schooling, whether it's working, schooling, um, clinicals, like, whatever you're doing, you just need to make sure that you have that good support system because that's going to play a major, major part into, like, your successfulness. Yeah, that matters a lot. And I just want to add this um, because some support really matters with everything you do. But I don't want people, you know, anyone, because this is something I had to work on myself. Don't get so tied up in who's not there that you feel like you have no support. Like support comes in all shapes, forms and fashion. Like if you can't get your family to do it, then it, 
you know, hopefully you have some dependable friends and don't be afraid to, to speak up and ask people for stuff. You got all these people in your life. You have to start speaking up and asking people. Don't just expect, ask people, tell them your vision, tell them what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and try to form a plan with them so that you can get the consistent, stable help that you need to reach your goals because it really does matter. Like, Yes, it matters so, so much. More than you would ever know. Like, it really, really matters. And if you're going that route, then just make sure you have that support system in place. And, you know, just communicate what you're trying to do with them and see what they'll, if they'll be able to help you. Because most of the time, if you're doing something positive, a, a lot of people will, like, actually go out of their way to help you. You'll be amazed where your you help will be will come from. If you just speak up and tell somebody you what amazed. you're trying to do. And I'm a witness of that. I have five kids and I'm a single mom and I make stuff happen. Like in real life, I do a lot. And, and she sometimes does. Sometimes I feel like that, like, oh, my God, I don't got the support. Like, right now, I live in Florida. My kids' fathers and their father's family stay all the way in Alabama. But I'm so blessed. I'm always able to have people who look out for my kids, take them on appointments when I need it, you know, watch them so I can work on weekends. You know, like, your support matters. If you got people in your life and they're not willing to support you with your dreams, please clear them out and, and make room for your correct tribe to support you mm -hmm. and you to get to your goals because support matters. And one thing about God God will bless you and he will send who you need so don't ever yeah. feel like you can't make it because you don't got nobody long as you start taking the steps to that goal everything else will fall in place I promise it will definitely will fall in place and don't forget who wasn't there when you was trying to get help and stuff either because the same people come back around and feel like you owe them something and you don't right so you don't, don't never nobody. feel like you owe somebody something because you don't and just remember those people that wasn't there to help and support you because they're definitely going to feel entitled to something that you have definitely going to feel entitled right okay so enough about the people so like what is a full day like for you nurse starks like what is your full day like like when you get up when when you get to work your kids like how does it you know nurse life Okay, so full day consists of me. So normally I get up around about 5.15, 5.20 in the morning because I do have to drive to Nashville to work. So it's about a 35-minute commute um, with traffic. It can be even longer. Nashville traffic is real. You think Atlanta traffic is horrible? Nashville traffic is just as horrible. Oh, so um, It's horrible. So I get up, you know shower brush my teeth you know get my day started every now and then i buy me some cold brew from walmart <laughs> and i make my own coffee because like yes i have become a coffee drinker because mornings i hate getting up early but once i'm up i'm up right. um so i drive to work it takes like a 35 minute commute i park in like a parking lot that's like a mile away from the hospital and i take the shuttle to work um so far as like getting on the floor, once you get to the floor, they have like assignment sheets and phones for you. Grab your phone, your assignment sheet. They do like a quick huddle just to go over like, you know, what happened last night and like what's going on today and like any other things that they need for you to do. They'll just communicate that in huddle. Um, and then after that, I grab a report on my patients from whatever nurses had them the prior night so they can go home and sleep. And I get my day started. So I start doing my assessments. Like soon as I hit um soon as I get report, I start doing my assessments. Um uh, and then by that time it's time to pass meds. I pass meds and then after that it's kinda chill. 
Um, just depending on what your patient has going on for the day. Um, sometimes they might have to go down to, you know, CAT scan, MRI, um, just like different little procedures throughout the day. They might have to go to interventional radiology, nuclear medicine. It just depends on what they have going on. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then after that, you know, pretty much throughout the day, p- patients have meds. Doctors are constantly putting in orders, like blood draws. People are going home. Like, it's just so much stuff that goes on, like, throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, um, you might have, like, some meds to pass, like, 6 o'clock, right before your shift gets ready to end. Pass those meds, you hand out report, and then I'm on my way home. <laughs> Shuttle back to the parking lot to get my car, and I'm out of there. I'm, like I said, <laughs> I'm out of there. Once I get report, I'm gone. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but that I do. Like Yes, I do always make sure that my patients are good before I leave because I don't want them to have to call out or, you know, bother the other nurse before they can even get their thoughts together. You know what I'm saying? Like, I sit down, I'll read through their charts as well just to see what what all they have going on for today. And I do, you know, just do like that. Oh, when I was in the nursing field, when I was doing my little CNA stuff, that is something that used to irk me when the CNAs or the nurses, well, in my situation, the CNAs would leave before they complete their full round. Like, as soon as you get there, like, somebody needs something to drink, somebody ain't been changed. It's like, oh, my God. So that really matters to be considerate yes. of the people coming behind you. I always try to just make sure my patients are good to go and that they're not needing anything. They don't need to be changed. They don't need nothing like done for them. And if they do, I will stay. I would give report to the nurse and I'll, you know, address their needs and then I'll leave. But immediately when it's done. But when it's done, I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) And it's not because I'm just running from my patients. It's just like I'm tired after 12 hours. Sometimes it's like 12 to 13 hours if you count, you know, every little thing. Right, then you gotta but, know that you gotta do it again in like ten hours. Exactly, I gotta go home. I gotta get my kids together. I gotta make sure they're good. I gotta make sure their homework is correct. Like, cause my mom does help me out a lot. Um, like when they get off the bus, she does um help them with their homework. So, I just go. She'll tell me like, hey, I already checked it, or you know, don't worry about it. We already did it. You know, so right, but at the moment, you still want to your mama bear stuff. I still go through their boot bags to make sure, like, they don't have papers and stuff to sign. You know, their teachers sending home, you know, stuff in the folders and stuff. So it, it's a lot. Like, when I work, I, I'm drained, like, I'm in the bed by nine o'clock, <laughs> right? Right, shoot, I'm in the bed by nine o'clock and I work from home. See, girl, them kids wear you up, I'm telling you, <laughs> and they do. This has been a great interview. Okay, so what type, what piece of advice would you give an aspiring nurse? Drop some gems for them. Okay, so I will tell you that nursing is not for everybody. You truly have to have a heart. And if you think you want to be a nurse because of the money, you will be burnt out really fast. And to be honest and to be very transparent, nursing doesn't pay all what people think that it pays. Um, just depending on the area, of course, California areas like that, where the cost of living is way higher, three times the amount where you might live. Of course, the pay is going to be higher just to uh, accommodate for the cost of living. But don't get into nursing for the money. Um, if you want to get into it, do it because, you know, you have a heart for it and, you know, that's what you want to do. 
Um, so, and I would say this too, also find your niche. Just because critical care is my niche, it might not be your niche. Um, it could be labor and delivery. It could be interventional radiology. It could be cath lab. You never know. But once you get in, get your, um, get your experience and actually find your niche. Um, I started out on med surge, but I knew that was not for me after two months. I switched to critical care. So just make sure you find your niche. And like I said, stay consistent. Don't give up on your dreams. Um, even if nursing school gets hard, don't give up. If you fill a class, still don't give up. You got another chance to try again. They, I think you can, you have two chances. And then after that, you have to start over. But still, like, don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Even your teachers, don't let them discourage you. I literally had one of my teachers tell me in my first semester of nursing school that I will not make it as a nurse because I don't listen and I have an attitude. I didn't even, never had an attitude with this teacher. Really didn't even say too much to her. But she told me that I would never be a nurse. And I went to see the program. And I passed. And I'm a nurse. And I've been a nurse for over three years now. Period. Don't let nobody talk you out your dreams. Don't let nobody talk you out of your dreams. And don't let nobody discourage you. Yeah. She she tried to discourage me and make me quit nursing school. But guess what? Before I even finished, she had already left. I couldn't even rub my degree in her face. <laughs> right. Because honestly, like, you know, people like that, I just learned that that's misery that comes from the inside. Because how are you going to tell somebody, you know, how can you choose to be a nursing teacher and then discourage your students? Like, that goes hand in hand with loving what you do. Like, you know, make sure you're positive in your role. Because there's other ways she could have said that. She could have just been like, Toy, you really need to work on your patience, your patience and your attitude because it matters a lot during nursing. So, you know, stuff like that matters. Oh, yeah. Let me add this one little tidbit as well. Also, being a woman of color or a person, or a person of it. color, person of color, they expect you to have an attitude and not listen, and they expect you to fail as well because it's not that many people, not that many nurses out of the million of nurses it is in the world. It's not that many black nurses. So they don't expect you to know what you know, and they don't expect you to know, you know, anything they expect you to be stupid i guess i could say like that but they really don't expect you to be like as knowledge knowledgeable as you know somebody of another race <clears throat> so when you go in show them keep your head held up high tell them that you know your stuff and tell them that you're not lacking nowhere Period. I've had people, black girl magic shine through. I've had doctors even come up and thank me just because I'm just so knowledgeable and I can just tell them about their patient and like what's really going on and stuff like that. Just always know your stuff. Don't never let them catch you slipping at all. Never. Because as soon as they think that you don't know anything, they don't do nothing but sit there and talk behind your back and all this extra stuff. So and create drama in the workplace. It is a lot of drama in nursing. So, yes, just make sure you always on your A-game when it comes to nursing, and especially when you're outnumbered, because most of the time when I'm working, I'm the only black girl in the critical care. Right. So, I'm I so make sure I stay on top of my that. stuff. 
So glad and, you addressed that because I yes. did want you to say that because I already know the adversity <clears throat> that you have to face because you know, yes. not that I don't like to make things about color, but it is what it is. A lot of people look down on black women and me myself as a professional black woman, like you really got that's some real stuff. You got to know your stuff. When you show up yes. in a room, you already got them shaking because you showed up in the room. So it's nothing better that you can do than to know your stuff when you enter the room yes you have to know your stuff definitely have to know your stuff definitely because they will try it and then even like with the patients i've ran across some very racist patients and you know they expect you not to know anything as well they'll be like oh well i want to talk to somebody else okay that's fine you can talk to them but they're going to tell you the same thing i just told you so you have to like I'm telling you, you can't wear your heart on your sleeve when you're in nursing because at the end of the day, you will have a patient that'll say some messed up stuff about you and it will hurt your feelings. But you can't show them that. Facts. You can't show them. Just keep your head, head up high. And if they say they want to talk to somebody else, okay, that's fine. I'll go get my charge nurse. Like, that's fine. Um, something else I feel like that matters a lot from my experience in the medical field because huh, I was debating if I was going to say this, but part of my podcast is being transparent. The reason that I don't work in the medical field anymore is because I lost my CNA certification. I actually lost it behind a patient for what they called verbal abuse. And, and what makes me say you have to be patient is because that know your stuff stuff that goes deeper than your coworkers. You'll have patients and clients and things who will pull your car, who will disrespect you, who will be flat out nasty to you because you're a black person and you really have to have patience you have to remember that you know their problems are not really with you you got to watch what you say you got to watch how you are you have to have so much patience in the medical field or yes, everything you, you have, have to have a lot of patience can be taken from you and trust no one when you're doing stuff with your patients trust no one because the same people that sit up and laugh with you are the same ones that will go behind your back and lie on you that's how I lost and my patients, medical license right there. And those patients will lie on you and say that you said this, that, and the third, and you said nothing. Or they'll say you did this and that, and you did nothing. And you can lose everything that you have you worked for. You will literally lose everything like that, that you have worked for. And you will have a you will end up having a criminal record behind these doggone patients. I'm telling you, you will have a you have a record behind them, especially with the neglect, abuse, like anything like that. Even if like say something eventful happened with your patient and it caused their them to lose their life their family sues the hospital now you're in court behind this patient and you know always document 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 cover your butt at all times you have to always document everything i don't care if you don't think it's important document it because when it comes down to it if something happens to your patient or if they say you did this or you did that if it's documented, it happened. If it wasn't documented, it did not happen. It don't matter if 30 people know you did it. it you didn't document it, so it did not happen. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, Nurse Bay, you have really dropped the gems. You have gave these people good advice. You gave great answers to these questions. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, just, just stay, keep your head up, always. Stay motivated, stay focused. Don't let nobody deter you off your path. Um, anybody that doesn't want to be there, they don't have to be there. Just keep pushing forward. Everybody's not supposed to go to the top with you, and you will realize that in the end. 
Okay, and that's real. Well, I just want to say that, Toy, you are appreciated. You are a wonderful example of staying dedicated, achieving your dreams. You are, like, you're really amazing to me. You're a great example of Black girl magic and just making it happen for yourself. So I just want to tell you that I'm really proud of you, girl. Keep doing your stuff. Keep setting a bracket high. Keep chasing your dreams. And just keep queening how you queening, sis. Well, thank you, sis. And I appreciate you having me, even though I was a little bit nervous about this. (laughs) But I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate that. If you want me to come back, let me know, like, um but yeah you're doing your thing and i see you all across social media i might not say nothing but i'm always watching i'm like yes like this girl like when you moved i knew she oh i knew stuff was gonna happen for you (laughs) i knew stuff was gonna happen for you once you moved because it was nothing in alabama for you and i feel like since you're surrounded by you know your your family and some loved ones and you know you right. got away from the negativity and you moved and it's been like literally nothing but positive stuff happened for you girl and I'm so happy for you of course I'm always happy right right and the right. kids growing and glowing you growing and glowing like this is like a major this is like major for you like I'm so happy like everything is positive around you Right, girl. Wasn't easy. Isn't always easy. The heart. It's you know, the not supposed to be easy. Me, right. The hardest part for me was to leave my comfort zone. I feel like I want to address that real quick. Like, don't be afraid to leave your comfort zone. Like, I grew up in Alabama and I was pretty much there my whole life, like away from my family and everything. And I just got comfortable being there with the ways of living. And then it's like just one day I just kind of woke up like it's nothing going on here. It's no opportunities. It's, it's just nothing I can do with my life here. And I got to do something with my life for my kids. So I packed up and I left. And, you know, just don't be afraid, y'all. Like, don't be afraid, y'all. Dreams. I packed up and left two, three years ago and haven't been back. It ain't easy. Let, let's, let, it's, been, not it's not easy. easy. Even moving, like, to a new city, and I had no family here. Let's start there. I had no family here when I first moved. I made do with what I had. Um, So it was not easy to, like, move, like, up and leaving. I didn't have no support system. I really didn't have nobody to keep my kids. Um, so like I really like made do and I had ran into your side though. That's yes, God's always gonna make it happen. Even when you feel like it's not gonna happen, it's gonna fall together at the right place, the right time, at the right moment, every single time. Don't never get discouraged and don't never lose your faith. Not never. Okay, my girl. Boss gang, we out. All right, boss game. Bye. It was good. Glad to have you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.